starts off. Welcome to the Cones Podcast Postseason Edition. I don't know what week it is, but I'm joined as always by Commissioner Tyler Bauman. Hello. And a little baby Bauman. We got Connor here, the uh, the Nard Dog. Hey guys. Welcome Funny. aboard. <clears throat> He's actually the middle Bauman. That is a baby, but it's true. Well, it's a little little Bauman. It's all relative, so we'll just go with it. Uh, so as always, uh, we're going to go start with the questionnaire portion. So we'll go ahead and start us off with uh, name, age, occupation, or future occupation, and uh, a little bit about your family. Yeah, so uh, Connor Bowman, as mentioned, I am the middle child, so that might explain a little bit if you ever get to meet me. Uh, 27, recently graduated from OU. Up until now, for the last seven years, I have coached baseball at the high school here in Norman that I think roughly half the league went to, if I'm doing my math right. <laughs> About seven of us. Um, did that for seven years. Also coached fast pitch softball there for the last five years. That was a little bit of an experience. And then recently I got offered a job at Interworks, which is an OKC. It's a data and technology consultancy firm. So I'll start doing that January 11th. Um, got engaged this year. That was amazing. I am engaged to my fiance, Tyler of all names. So that's kind of wild. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, living rent free. As a future pod listener, I heard that I was the inferior Bauman in the fantasy football world. So I'm trying to bring in a superior Tyler to the Bauman family. That's kind of the plan. So we'll see how that goes. Um, this will be our roughly coming up on our fourth year together and we have a dog named Bo. He's a Rhodesian Ridgeback mix rescue. We love him to death. Basically he looks exactly like Archer, but a little bit bigger. That is true. He does a little less hyper, I would say, than Archer. Yeah. Can he, can he leap ten foot fences like Archer or no? <laughs> no, no, no not, that. not that not that good. Um yeah. She works at a gymnastic studio in Yukon called Bounce Academy. She loves doing that. And we're going to, our set date for our wedding is July 24th of next year. That's tentative due to COVID and everything else going on. So, well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, how about some sports accomplishments? Um, good. There's probably not a ton. I played JV baseball almost my whole entire high school career. So, I would say. Best sports accomplishments, probably taking second place in a Westwood golf tournament in the third flight of all flights. So that's probably the best I got. But for bad accomplishments, I do have a funny story with uh, involving Coach Thomas, who half the league I think knows as well. Uh, we played at Southmore one game, and obviously it was JV, naturally. So varsity had to make sure they started on time at 5 o'clock. And so we were allowed to finish in ties, unbeknownst to me at the time. And I actually made a diving catch in right field to finish the game at 7-7. Seven to seven. And Coach T in the postgame speech said, hey, guys, you need to realize if Bowman doesn't make that diving catch, we don't tie. And I said, wow, <laughs> that did not sound as good coming out as I uh, planned on it. So that was kind of like a bad news bears kissing your hot stepsister moment. So that was not too fun, I don't think. 
there's probably some other bad sports moments in there. Uh, I think the second year in the Westwood tournament, I did uh, put one on the driving range off one's tee box while people were watching. That was fun. So, a little different experience. That happens. <laughs> happens to the best. That was bad. Um, we play a lot of pickup basketball. He's a pretty good shooter. He's uh, very lanky. Not like Drew. A lot of elbows. They're like razor blades. I don't sweat near as much as Drew, though. That's true. <laughs> There's no way. Me and Drew crushed the high pick and roll, though. Guys, <laughs> a black hole. Black <laughs> hole of elbow razor blades. A seest. <laughs> um, how about some hidden talents? Uh, not a ton that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm pretty good at math. I don't know if that's really a hidden talent, but I'm pretty good at math. I enjoy Excel a lot. I feel like I'm pretty handy on Excel. Uh, oh, hidden talent. I know quite a bit about cigars. I guess I, would, I don't know if that's really a talent as much as it is a knowledge, but I would consider myself knowledgeable in the cigar field. That's probably the best I got on hidden talents. I don't, pretty mediocre at everything. Well, welcome to the league. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, Riley. Here's your here's your food minute. Go ahead and give us some hot food takes. Perfect meal, etc. Food, perfect meal. I had some debate on this. I wasn't really sure where I want to go, but I think after narrowing it down, I think barbecue is probably my favorite meal possible. Mm. I could do a big plate of chopped brisket, some okra, some baked beans, stuff like that. Potato salad. I think that's probably the perfect meal. If not, it's definitely steak, steak and a baked potato. Um, fast food, though, definitely Taco Bell. I've heard a lot of the Chick-fil-A and Caners out there. I think Chicken Express, hands down, takes fast food, especially chicken-wise. Dude, because their fries are so good. Their fries are incredible. Their okra is just as good. And to me, gravy is a must on chicken. Ugh. Especially, especially chicken strips. If you're doing the nuggets, I kind of get it, but I it kind of bothers me people who don't use gravy on chicken, especially with strips or other things of that nature. Uh, gravy is a great dipping sauce. King sauce is king sauce is really good, but I don't know. There's something about gravy that just does it for me. Especially you throw in there. I can't remember what chicken express. There's serendipity sauce. It's like a little a little spiced. It's like a pepper, hot pepper almost. <laughs> really good um other food takes yeah hot takes Ooh, hot takes pizza sauces in order go alfredo barbecue marinara 100 percent. that's pretty spicy i, I like that sauce is, i think marinara sauce is overrated i not a huge sauce guy on pizza anyways but barbecue though barbecue 100 barbecue belongs on pizza that's a hot take for sure that is a hot take that's bad captain barbecue over here yeah, yeah, I don't. It's hard to believe we're from the same gene pool. <laughs> um, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Follow up question. Let's We've been it. talking about Norman as a pizza town. So, what's your favorite pizza in Norman? Oh, favorite pizza in Norman? Pizza Shuttle, hundred percent, number one. Um, have you ever had Priors? Priors is really good. I freaking love Priors, but it's expensive. Oh. Yes, it is. That's the problem with like the craft novelty pizza places. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I usually just do Mazio's though because it's so close, and I I enjoy Mazio's a lot. But 
I know people don't. I know people bash on it. I think Domino's is really good, but we'll save that story for when we meet in person why the Balans aren't allowed to have Mazios. Domino's? Or Domino's, sorry, not Mazios. Domino's is very good. The difference in pizza between Mazios and Pryor's is basically not even the same food. Oh, no, 100%. No. (laughs) I actually, I like Mazios a lot, so... I like fat, like I consider that fast food pizza and then like sit down pizza. It's kind of like Notorious PIE is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, there's a difference. There's Halls and OKC. Halls is really good. Hideaway is like a tweener for me. I haven't really figured out if Hideaway's takeout or if it's sit down. It's a little bit of both. I'm, I put it in the sit down category because like if you get a large specialty pizza, it's like $26. <laughs> so you're based on price, that's fair. Yeah, so it's like. It wouldn't be fair to compare it to like Domino's. I've got some hideaway guys, and I just I'm not I don't think it's bad, but I also don't think it's worth as good as the hype is. You put it in the same category, I think, as like New York Pizza or Sandro's. Absolutely, it's not New York style, but it's similar. Like you get a big giant pizza. It's it's like a step above, but it's not like you know Neapolitan wood fired kind of stuff. You know. No so, priors or halls or yeah, right. That's fair. Um, I do have. It's not even a food take at this point, but it's if anyone likes Mexican food, if you've never had relish at Mexican restaurants, when you order like tortillas or even with your meal, relish is like carrots, onions, jalapenos all chopped up and it's soaked in jalapeno juice. Definitely worth a try, especially if you like spicy stuff. It's not ridiculously spicy, but I found out not a lot of people know that that even exists. So. If you like Mexican restaurants and you like somewhat spicy stuff, definitely ask for relish. It comes with like your queso and salsa, usually. That is very good. Definitely worth a shot. Nothing better than pickled carrots and pickled jalapenos. Uh, How about a candy slash chocolate bar or something in that realm? Um, Kind of another hot take. I'm not a big. I prefer white chocolate. I know it's not even a real chocolate, but uh, I think white chocolate's superior to milk's pretty close. I'm not a dark chocolate guy. Can't go that route. So definitely, definitely favorite candy bars, Hershey's cookies and cream, and then zero bar follows up not far behind. But anything white chocolate. Um, I think white chocolate is white chocolate Reese's is terrible. I don't know why they ever did that. I think Reese's by itself is phenomenal. If I threw an actual chocolate bar, it's probably Reese's or Hershey's original with almonds. I think anything with like an almond or a nut in it definitely is a game changer. He loves his nuts. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the zero bar thing is definitely a Bauman exclusive. And Billy... There's a good uh, Billy Zero Bar story. We were at flying to Denver at 5.30 in the morning, and we stopped, or he stopped in at one of the little stores there and grabbed a Zero Bar, and we go through the, and he got like the king-size, you know, girthy Zero Bar, and we go through the bag check and everything, and they stopped us in Billy's bag where he put the Zero Bar, and he like they made him like walk over there and they were thumbing through and he's like is there anything in this bag that's gonna stab me or anything or he's like well my laptop's in there i've got some pins and pencils and they pull it and they're like oh and they take out the zero bar like oh this is a problem he blah, blah, blah. he's like what do you think my zero bar was a pipe bomb or something because i guess it was the right size and so dense that it looked bad on the x-ray 
But uh, they almost made us late for our flight at six in the morning because of it. Probably shouldn't say pipe bomb while being interrogated. I was just thinking I probably shouldn't say that. I can't say bomb on an airplane. Can't say that. Thanks a lot, Milan. You can just throw that in. Uh, All right, your pop culture minute here. TV, music, movies. Uh, Oh yes. That's one. I don't watch a ton of TV. If I do, it's usually murder mysteries. That's kind of where I stick. I love murder mysteries. Anything murder mystery. So you got to have some podcasts for us then. Some podcasts? Us? The... What is it? Let me think real quick before you can edit this out. Uh, Up and Vanished. Up and Vanished is really, really good. If anyone's ever seen that. That's a great podcast for the mysterious people, for the criminals out there. Um, Manhunt. Tyler got me on that. That's really good. There's multiple seasons about different serial killers, bombers, stuff like that. That's really good right now. Uh, more comedy stuff, obviously, Parks and Rec, Office, Friends, I've watched a fair amount of from just Tyler mainly and the Little Bowman. I'm actually, me and the fiance are watching Shits Creek right now. I think that's a great show. It was very underrated. I thought it, I didn't think it was going to be very good. It turned out it's actually really, really great. And I'm trying to think. I, watched, I think I've watched almost every 30 for 30 that ESPN has to offer. That's probably on my top watches. Like, I don't think anybody's mentioned 30 for 30. That's good. Those are great. Uh, what are your favorite 30 for 30s? Favorite 30 for 30s? Either Pony Express or probably Doc and Daryl. Doc and Daryl's really hard to beat. I did watch the Vic one the other day. That one was really good. Um, I don't know if it's a 30 for 30, but Grip It and Rip It with John Daly was really good. He's just entertaining as could be. I'm trying to think. That's probably... I hate Christian Leitner's really good. Um, what's the Valvano one? Survive in Advance, I think is what it is. Yeah. That one's phenomenal. Obviously, it has his speech. Brings me to tears. But I think I've watched almost every 30 for 30 probably twice. ESPN Plus is worth the four ninety nine a month for sure. How about sports-related? I guess you kind of went in that, but how about sports-related movie? Ooh, sports-related movies? I broke it into categories, so I think golf movies are underrated, in my opinion. I think there was someone else that might have been Kehoe. I don't remember who mentioned Greatest Game Ever Played. It was either, who else? Is Frank been on here? It was yeah, either Kehoe or Frank. Movies. I can't remember one of those two. I think that's a great golf movie. Ten Cups, phenomenal. Legend of Bagger Vance is one of my favorites, uh, golf movie-wise. For football, I put down replacements. Remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, Varsity Blues. I think those are, in my opinion, probably top four, top three serious ones, number one comedy replacements. Uh, baseball, Moneyball, hands down, is definitely probably my favorite baseball movie, but Little Big League and Major League probably make the cut as well. I didn't do any basketballs. I don't know why I forgot basketball, but I'd probably say Hoosiers. Um, Hoosiers sucks. I disagree. Um Trying to think of some other ones. Coach Carter's really good. If you count Space Jam, Space Jam's one of the one of my classic favorite movies. Here's a sports movie that hasn't been mentioned yet that is really good. Mystery Alaska is a great movie. Good hockey movie. Sean Connery and Russell Crowe, I think. Mel Gibson, one of those two guys. They're the same guy. It's definitely Russell Crowe though. It's a it's a classic. I've I never even heard of it. Hockey, I'd probably go Mighty Ducks, and that's probably my 
my knowledge expanded on hockey movies. What about uh, Guilty Pleasure or Rom-Com? Ooh, Rom-Coms, I had a debate on this, but I went with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. McConaughey's, uh, his bullshit line gets me every time. That's probably shit. That's bullshit. Uh, and then I put Notebook for my honorable mention. I've seen Notebook quite a few times. It's always really, really good. Gosling's tough to beat. I watched Big Short yesterday, actually, and he plays a completely different character. But <laughs> Comedy Gosling is my maybe my favorite actor. Comedy Gosling's really good. Big Crazy Short is definitely in my top like three or four favorite movies of all time. But Big Short is. Yeah, I just I love that director, and I read the book, and that that stuff really gets me riled up. So every time I watch it, I think I I catch something I didn't catch the time before. It's so good. And there's so many levels to insurance and stuff that I had no idea about that I thought I knew about. You should read the book. I love their their cameos with like the big time actors or celebrities when they're explaining stuff, how they use Selena Gomez to explain the levels. That cracks me up. Uh, Margot Robbie does one of them. I'm trying to think who else does. But those little cameos are great in that movie. This is my quant. (laughs) I got second in that math contest. I'm actually American. (laughs) Jared says it like to say that because it makes me seem more authentic. Uh, how about some favorite teams and players? Uh, San Francisco Giants is and probably hands down my favorite team across all sports. I started liking Barry Bonds at a young age. He was always. I, I still don't think he did roids. People say there's obviously people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Hashtag age like milk. I've seen the I've seen the rookie cards. I've seen the five year later card, but I'm still not buying it. We got on a good regimen and just kind of stuck with it. But Buster Posey's probably my favorite current giant. Uh, big Posey guy. I like Mad Bum, even though he's kind of an idiot head case. I like Bruce Bochy a lot, and I think the Giants are very forward and letting females and stuff like that into the game, which I think is needed. So I'm a big proponent of that. Which that's California in general, but. I like that they're on a progressive front in that nature. Football, I put Eagles. I was a big Don McNabb guy, Brian Westbrook, uh, Brian Dawkins guy, actually. Anytime I play NFL Street, I always went with B-Nab. Just scramble around and then run for 20 yards. That was always fun. For basketball, obviously the Thunder. I couldn't really pick a favorite Thunder player, but I went with SGA. I like Dennis Schroeder a lot. Obviously, he's gone now, but Schroeder was kind of I always thought Schroeder was a sweet guy. And then I put Mike Bibby down. I thought Mike Bibby was always he was someone I idolized. A little kind of short white guy who made it in the NBA. Somebody I could actually look up. I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he was <laughs> swole. <laughs> he didn't really stop. And uh, it kind of cracks me up. He reminds me of the professor from Andalon a lot. Bibby always did. And then for golf, I just put Burks Kepka because I kind of like I'm a big Kepka guy. I liked him the second came on the scene. Obviously... I don't know. I did see a uh, thing on, I think it was House of Highlights on Instagram today, that they put Dustin Johnson on the cover of Forrest Gump, and they put his face on a couple of the scenes from Forrest Gump, and it is almost uncanny how realistic it looks for Dustin Johnson. When he's waving from the boat and when he's running, oh, it's pretty damn good. It's worth a watch. Dustin Johnson is underrated on, I think, on a lot of people's lists. He's definitely one of my favorite golfers of all time. And the reason he's underrated is because he has the worst personality on the planet. 
He looks like he's as dumb as a bag of rocks. He's kind of a dick. But he's so good at golf. Something about Kepka's I just don't give a shit mentality is kind of impressive to me. That's such a high level of competitiveness. He's so pissed that he's good at golf and not baseball that he will (laughs) never let like himself or God or whoever forget that he is good at the wrong sport. Golf is stupid. It's for nerds. He wants to play baseball or basketball or something else. And it's awesome. I have no problem with the whole DeChambeau thing. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's interesting that someone's trying a different strategy, a different mentality, a game that hasn't really changed a ton in my mind, like mentally, I guess. I don't but, think that's our problem with DeChambeau. I think it's more that he's a whiny bitch. Well, that's and great. I, really slow. But I love Kepka's trolling of him. I think it's hilarious where he just says, what'd you do for your practice today? Uh, not much. And just, I didn't need a calculator and just his absolute trolling. Well, DeChambeau trying so hard and being such a like insufferable nerd and then Kapka just dunking on him is, it's so good. So good for the game. It's like the jock nerd mentality, which is for golf is kind of odd, but it cracks me up. You could do DeChambeau's whole bit and be likable, but he's just such a turd. Is a turd. The hats don't help either. Just <laughs> <laughs> wear a normal hat, man. <laughs> the berets aren't a great. He's look. gonna have to. He's somebody's gonna have to tell him that eventually you have to do a cut. You know, you can't just bulk forever. <laughs> Get a little chubby. Oh shit! All right, how about some previous fantasy experience? Um, I'm in a league that I'm the commissioner of. The National Wrecking Football League. We call ourselves the Wrecking Crew. We've been doing that since, I think, 2014. I've never won, actually. That's really frustrating. That can go under my fantasy experience. Never taken horse than fourth, but never won. That's on my uh, list of to-dos. And then I'm in a league that kind of is a subdivision of that league. That I'm actually in a point on that. But um, I've only been doing fantasy for five or six years mainly i've never done rso this is my first year doing rso i think it's far superior to espn and i think espn is far superior to yahoo so my only issue with espn is there's no flexibility really on divisions and leagues and scheduling and stuff like that which kind of sucks which i haven't looked a ton into how much rso allows you to do but it seems like enough for what we're trying to accomplish uh how about Connor's got a good daily fantasy story he can tell you. Oh, that is true. Uh, for daily fantasy, when I used to coach, obviously we would practice some days until 4.35, 5.36, around that range. And Tyler and I were doing NBA pretty much daily for DraftKings. And so I would go and reserve my seats for all the contests because they fill up about two to three hours prior. So I would do it before I got to baseball, usually in class at OU. But... I'd fill in my $18, $20, whatever it was for the day that I wanted to try to get into contests. And unfortunately on this day, I didn't have time to fill out a lineup or even put any thought into it. So I got home about five, like 5.52. And Tyler was at the house, thank goodness. And I was like, hey man, I have eight minutes to fill out a lineup for DraftKings. I don't have any research, I don't have anything done. I'm just gonna need to throw something together, throw something at me. And so he told me kind of his core guys he wanted to put in. And he was like, put these guys in there. Tell me how much money you have left. I was like, all right, I've got X amount left. And he was like, okay, throw in this guy, throw in this guy. What does that leave you with? And my utility player, he's like, all right, I, was, I can't remember how much it was, 4200 bucks or whatever, let's say. 
And he was like, all right, throw in Scala this year. And I was like, okay, fuck it, whatever. Sounds great. So we're playing board games. My mom's friend comes over. My fiance's over. Um, someone else might have been over. But we're playing board games. And it's about 7.30. We're halfway into the late session of games. And I look down, and I'm winning like 600 bucks. And I'm like, whoo. I'm like, here we go. This could be an interesting night. So I don't say anything. Kind of keep checking it periodically. The middle evening games end and i'm up to like 900 bucks now and so i look over at tyler and i'm like you have you checked DraftKings lately and he's like no why and i'm like well you might want to look and he's like i'm winning like 40 bucks why and i'm like did you not put in the lineup that you gave me this morning this afternoon and he's like no is it doing well i was like uh kind of <laughs> i was like i'm winning 900 bucks off four dollars if that's uh, any uh, <laughs> indication of how it's doing <laughs> And he's like, holy shit, really? I'm like, yeah, so we keep playing games. And the late game is the 76ers versus the Portland Trailblazers. And I think I have Al Horford and Scalabissier. And we're like halfway through our board game. And I look down, I'm winning like 1200 bucks. I'm in third place in this contest. I'm like, holy smokes. So I like kind of get up and there's like four minutes left in the game. I'm kind of like watching and everyone's like, what are you doing? So I kind of break the news to everybody. I'm like, yeah, I'm winning 1200 bucks off this DraftKings. I'm going to stop this board game that we're playing. If that's kind of inconsequential and I'm going to watch the rest of this game. And Scal kind of catches fire for a little bit. And I think Horford hits a three somewhat late and I jump into first. I'm winning like $2,200 and I'm freaking out. And of course, Tyler's somewhat pissed because he didn't put the lineup in naturally. <laughs> and Lillard hits, classic Lillard hits like a 34 foot three pointer like from the front of the circle or something crazy it ends up knocking me back to second place and i end up I, mean, I still won i can't remember what it was like 1500 bucks it, it was like 1400 bucks and it was still insane but it was a uh, it was a wild ride it was a roller coaster if anyone does DraftKings and you can get lucky like that it is like i put it in the grooming the other day about stephen thomas our old coach but he was winning 13 grand and then that cream hunt t- touchdown cost him literally Twelve hundred dollars, so or twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand dollars. Did you not see him in Groovy? What I put? He was winning like thirteen thousand two hundred dollars, and Kareem Hunt scored a late touchdown and dropped him down to winning like fifty bucks. Winning thirty? Yeah, he was winning forty-four dollars. He was tied for first in this millionaire contest with like seventy other people. It was splitting million bucks seventy-seven ways, and was winning thirteen grand. And then that Kareem Hunt touchdown late. If Baker would have went three and out on that last possession or the second to last possession technically he would have won probably 13 grand wow there is not a bigger rush than <laughs> the end of games on DraftKings. yeah it was a swing uh yeah i'm sure that's uh it definitely gets the blood pressure ravens would have just kicked a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and five which blew me away down two i was like what is happening right now there's a guy in the there's a guy in here who's like kind of a daily guy, right? Was it who is it? Uh, I know Robbie Betts. Robbie's a degenerate, I've heard from Billy, and he joined. Oh, okay, that's people. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like he's a gambler. I don't yeah. know if he's a daily fan. He's in my pick league that I'm in on the side, which um, I did. This is actually a funny little DraftKings story as well. So Thomas, since he did so well last week, or almost did so well, I said, hey, what's your lineup for this Thursday night? I'm going to put it in. He was like, okay, here it is. Shoots it to me. It's a $10 entry. And I always like to look who wins just to see how much they won, blah, 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 what their lineup was, where I messed up. I look, and the dude who won, it's a single game contest, so you pick a captain, 
they cost 1.5 times what their normal salary is, and they also make 1.5 times the points. <laughs> His captain for the game was Marcus Mariota. So somehow he had the inclination that Derek Carr was going to get hurt in the middle of the second quarter, and Marcus Mariota was going to go in. And, and do well, wouldn't we? And do well. So the guy won $550,000 off his guess that Marcus Mariota was going to play that game. That's kind of insane. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> call bullshit. I was like, somebody knew something here, but... That's sketchy. That it, I, I couldn't agree. I was like, somebody that's like working for DraftKings knows something, or I don't know if it's like a Matt Grooming situation. I don't know, but it was kind of wild. I almost called BS. <laughs> How did the uh, startup RSO draft go for you? What was your strategy? Uh, yeah, I actually drafted with um, River Rats, which is AKA Chase Kowitzki, um, at his house. Right as we got everything set up, I do remember being like two minutes into the draft and he was still kind of scrambling to get his laptop set up and stuff. And uh, he was like, what's happened so far? And I said, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes just went for four years, like for next to nothing. And he was like, holy crap, really? And I was like, yeah, you might want to come sit down. So we ended up obviously going through it. That was a uh, eye-opening experience. It all happened extremely fast. The hardest thing to do for me was pull the trigger on my very first guy. Once I feel like I bought my first guy, I think it was Aaron Jones, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to, I mean, now I wouldn't know, but it wasn't too bad going forth after that. I actually liked my draft. I My idea going into the draft was heavy wide receivers, no RBs, like my usual fantasy drafting experiences. And I did the exact opposite. I went heavy RB, pretty much no wide receivers, and just got awful quarterbacks with Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. But it, I don't know, it was, it was a lot all at once. It happened extremely fast. And I... I like the idea of drafting in person with someone else, but it also made it kind of uh, add another layer of looking at each other and kind of seeing what we had in mind and seeing if he was going to bid on somebody or you guys were going to bid on somebody. Honestly, one of my strategies was seeing what former RSO guys bid on people to kind of get a gauge because I did a bunch of mock drafts prior and it, the computers have no idea. I mean, they are valuing people completely different than we're valuing them, which makes sense, but... So that wasn't much help. So I kind of had a spreadsheet of what I thought guys were worth. And it didn't really line up a whole lot. So that kind of sucked. But when I saw what you, Riley, Tyler, guys like that, Joe, whoever else is in that European league. It's just us three. Oh, just you three, not even Joe. Uh, Kind of what we're putting up for guys was kind of a gauge. I tried to. It didn't work a ton. But then Chase went off and put up a just – inordinate amount of money for Todd Gurley and it kind of skewed everything even more so then I was confused so that didn't help but I'm sure we'll talk more about that on his little fun podcast yeah so the thing with RSO is like they put out suggestions but there's so much there's so many variables in the scoring and the format that like that don't correspond to the suggestions so like it's really pretty worthless and it's hard to try to find your ballpark on guys before you you really just have to kind of let the market dictate it because like even the difference between the european league that we're in and this one is just nine day so it's really it gave us help because we knew the format and how things worked and all that but like as far as like putting numbers with players it's really just wasn't all that helpful right 
Yeah, I mean, there's some guys I thought I got a great deal on, and then I kind of like asked Tyler, asked Chase, and they're like, yeah, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I was mistaken. Or and there's guys I think they had bad deals on, but they feel like they had good deals. So I, mean, I feel like it's kind of like if you think you got a good deal, you got a good deal. If you have money, yeah, I don't know. Well, and the it's good thing is that this league is obviously there's enough like liquidity and like movement that if you don't like the deal, it probably is not super it's not a big deal because you can trade it. You can turn it into something else. You're, you're, it seems like anyways, it's fairly easy to move stuff around, make quick flips. And if a guy, uh, well, I like him and I'm paying him this great. If you don't go get rid of him. There's probably some buyer out there willing to do something. Yeah. It's funny you say that because that's kind of my, been my downfall in this league is my other leagues. No one trades. And I think trading is in my opinion, like my favorite part of it. It makes me feel like a real GM for as close to realism as I can get but I like trading I think it's fun to not have the same guys all the year the same year I mean obviously waiver wire comes into play but I think I got a little overzealous this year and traded away almost my whole team and I don't really like where my team sits but it was fun all the time being I did I will take credit for the three-team trade that was really fun. I don't know if I even got the good end of the deal. Uh, either Frank or Kehoe, I'm getting confused now, said I did, but it doesn't feel like it anymore. I feel like Kamara's gone to the complete garbage, and I didn't really like getting rid of CD. I think CD was on a great contract, but it's neither here nor there now. So well, I'm having to fix. Hang in there. Drew Brees is coming to the rescue. So <laughs> That's true. Now that, you're in the now that I'm not playing anymore. I did kind of. I feel like I set the tone early, or set the market price for what picks would go for, but I didn't get what they ended up being for, so that kind of sucked. I my full intention the entire time was not having a ton of draft picks. I thought Z, I think zero was a little high, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly where I wanted to end up. But I my research is not as extended to college football as I'm sure the majority of this league is so I didn't really want a ton of draft picks I don't think my ability to draft those guys is going to be as high as others so getting actual commodities for them or real points for them was a lot better strategy in my mind but I think I set the market too early and other people started (laughs) jumping on after it and making more of it off than I did so going forward that'll be a change in strategy for sure well, you'll have three more draft picks straight away in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about a possible rivalry you see in the league? Ooh, I don't really... I want to say Chase River Rats just because I know him so well, but I feel like we're slight rivalry in our other league, so I don't really want to carry it over to this league. I was going to ask for suggestions on this. Who's a good person to rival with? I mean, you guys are in the league with half the other league in your own league. I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody that'd be a good rival for you. I kind of wanted to be an Arkansas guy. You you and Tom are the no draft pick guys. That's you guys could be a good rivalry. See who has less draft picks each year. And that's part of our rivalry. That's Bird Jones, right? Tom okay. Beck? All right, Bird Jones. Consider it done. <laughs> you heard it here first. You got called out. You got called out. <laughs> You're going to take maybe championship one and... Uh, I'm in probably the worst possible scenario I could imagine. Yeah, I know that was one of your guys' question is, what's the worst possible scenario for you? I'm about right where it's at. <laughs> Not making the playoffs, no picks, and being nowhere near the bottom. The beauty is that since I don't have picks, it doesn't really matter where I end up. But 
it does for other people. Yeah, I have your first round pick. I would have appreciated yeah. a couple more losses. So that win, uh, that win last week is huge, or a week before last was really big. Really sticking it to some people. I'm not going to ask you what you think Billy was like in high school because you <laughs> knew Billy in high school. Um, All too well. I'm excited for that uh, reveal, though. That'll be a uh, fun. Fun exercise for the Arkansas guys. <laughs> fun exercise. Uh, so I'll finish it off with what is your drink of choice, alcoholic or otherwise? Um, drink of choice. I'm a big bourbon guy. Me and the rats as well. The majority of our other group is. And it's actually really nice to hear some of the league is as well. So that'll be good to bounce ideas off each other. I drink quite a bit of brown liquor. I'm actually drinking an IPA right now. I've hopped on to the IPA beer train. Unintended there. <laughs> um, you can throw in a super bad. Recently added more hops. Hops. Uh, seeing if you want there, that'd be great. Um, any sort of bourbon, usually, I don't mind. I don't know. Something about IPAs I've started to recently try that are pretty nice. It's kind of ruining other beers for me, which kind of suck, but it's definitely a lot more flavor, definitely a lot more of the hops and stuff like that. Non alcoholic, though. Uh, Sweet tea I drink a lot of. Ugh. Sorry. That goes see that that kinda shocks me because you're such a chicken express guy and a chicken guy, so I don't know. It just tastes like dirty lawnmower clippings. Yeah, but Yeah, but hard. You're conceding my point. That's fair. Um uh, But I do love Thai tea. Thai tea's I mean, if you've ever had a Thai tea, if you any sort of that is I started making my own at home. I found some recipes that I really like. You can make them through the Keurig. It's uh, that's probably way up there on my drink of drink of choice, non-alcoholic. That is. There's also Gatorade. I drink. I feel like I drink a lot of Gatorade. I don't think that's been mentioned for some reason. That's a good one. It's hard to, like I said, hard to believe we're from the same gene pool. Soda, it's definitely Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, hundred percent. I do like Mountain Dew. I'll drink Mountain Dew every day, but. I shouldn't drink as much soda. You're right. I should drink more water. But so I guess that'll do it for the uh, about me portion. I guess we're going to the big uh, word reveal. You want to take it away? There, Are we ready? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what shall we start with, boys? Ooh, uh, man for the year. Yeah, man for the year should be last. Go with putts. I think Mr. Obnoxious is the second most intriguing. Actually, it's probably the most intriguing me. So I say you should do that one last. Okay. Well, I'm going to say we'll we'll do the putts, the trade king, Mr. Obnoxious, and then manager of the year. So buckle up, fellas. Here comes the inaugural awards. Can I make my guesses at all of them? Oh, absolutely. So for putts of the year, we had three finalists. Um, It was... Caleb, the uh, big brown guy, Giuseppe, Arkansas, and Chase, the river rat. Um, This was a category that saw kind of a bunch of people um, get some second and third place votes, but a slew of people got a single first place vote, but it was really a runaway in first place, so I'll let you guys take a guess at who you think it is. I think it's Caleb, the brown card guy. 
that's what I want to go with because the Arkansas guys are not thrilled about some of the trades he's made over the uh, span of the year. <laughs> uh, rightfully so, I probably would back him on some of that. But I almost want to go Giuseppe just because there's so much Arkansas pool in the league that I could see them all boarding together. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with Van Horn, big brown guy on that. Okay, well your 2020 putts of the year is none other than Caleb, Mr. Claire Van Horn. He got six first place votes, scored 23 total points. In second place, you had uh, Giuseppe Arkansas with nine points and one first place vote. Chase got eight points and one first place vote. Um, others receiving votes. Connor, you got one first place vote. Frank yep. got a first place vote. Robbie really? got a first place vote. Drew got a first place vote. Tom got a first place vote. The only people not to get votes in this category were Tyler, myself, and Casey Kehoe. Wow. So the guy that finished seventh, when six teams make the playoffs, and this is going to end up with the worst draft pick out of those guys and didn't have a chance to make it, didn't get a single putts vote? Congratulations. Are you talking Uh, to me because I got eighth? Oh, you got eighth. Okay, I thought you got seventh. No, he was right behind uh, Little Rock. If I can interject, though, I did. It's really weird. I think it's our first seeing of a league member that we haven't met before. I did meet Caleb Van Horn by accident out in OKC the other day. What? So I got to meet Putts of the Year unknowingly at the time, so that's pretty cool. Him, well, uh, his wife, and now mother of his child, as of recently, was not at the time. Jeff and... Carolyn, Carolyn, I almost forgot her name, uh, were at Social Capital at a bar, and he was in line getting a drink. I went over and said, hey, this is going to be weird, but uh, aren't you Caleb Van Horn? And he was like, yeah, who are you? <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, I'm in Fantasy Football League. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, the RSO League with your brother-in-law. And he was like, no way. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm Connor Bowman. I'm in your Facebook. He goes, oh, really cool to meet you. And I was like, yeah, this is really odd, but... Uh, it was interesting, and I told him he should uh, interact more on the grooming, but well, we'll see how that turned out. <laughs> that's a great story. Caleb, I hope you're listening. Congrats. You're the putts of the year. Don't take Father it personal. Peter. Maybe do take it personal. I don't care, but congratulations on the birth of your first child. Hope everybody's doing great. That's some very non-putt stuff, so congrats. <laughs> I think – congrats on the sex, by the way. I think – the more important question from the meeting of him and Jeff and Carolyn is, did Jeff offer you a brawlers or some popcorn? <laughs> I didn't get to talk to Jeff. I saw Caleb downstairs, so I didn't have any interaction with the other family members. But I'm sure there's a story behind that. Uh, oh, yeah. He always, <laughs> he always offers brats and popcorn. He did look very dapper. I will give him that. So, great guy. He always introduces Claire as the princess. Who's the new guy? This is the princess. (laughs) All right, moving along here. Trade King, your announced finalists were Billy Dyer, Casey Kehoe, and Riley Cummins. This award was also a bit of a a runaway. Um, Matter of fact, this one had the widest margin of victory. You guys ready? Got any guesses? Uh, Gotta be Billy. I 
See, I want to go Billy because I feel like it's almost ironic that people don't like his DK trade. But at the same time, I think Riley trade-raped Caleb. Well, I mean, I don't know, trade-raped. But it seemed like it might have been forced upon the brother-in-law. Maybe a slight text with some bullying in there. I don't know. But some leaning on him. I, I'm going to go with Riley, I think. Casey also stole Devontae Adams. So that was a good, uh, that was a good one. But I still think it's Billy. I'm wondering if Riley is at family gatherings and saying, hey, man. It's the least you could do. You know, I'm letting you in the family. I don't know how that's going down, but I'm curious to see. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, well, the moment of truth here. Your 2020 trade king is, maybe based on volume alone, it's Billy Dyer. That's fair. A lot of volume. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> so Billy got 25 total points, the highest point total for any category. He received six first-place votes. Casey received, oh, let's see, Riley was in second with 10 points, so 15-point margin. Um, Riley received only two first-place votes. Casey, I really think he should have got more credit here. He got nine points to come in third, received two first-place votes. Others receiving first-place votes. Connor, you got a first-place vote, and Joe got a first-place vote. I made a lot of trades, too. <laughs> he did make a lot of trades. Volume alone, I made a lot. That's fair. <clears throat> I don't know how behooving they were, but... So, good job, Billy. He definitely had the most fun. That's... <laughs> All right, Mr. Obnoxious. This award was hotly contested. We ended up with four finalists. Uh, Billy, Caleb, Josh Giuseppe, Arkansas, and Drew. You guys probably... Criteria is this on your other league since you say you vote on this in your other league? I'm curious what your criteria was or is. Uh, I mean, you can use whatever you want as criteria. In the other league, my criteria is Joe's first, Drew's second, and whoever's annoying me the most of the time is third. <laughs> in our other league, Billy has won like four or five years in a row. Um, and before that, I had won like four or five years in a row. And there was a stretch where this other obnoxious guy won three or four in a row so it's really kind of like it's streaky it's very streaky and i'm guessing you'll see some repeats in this category it just i mean it depends different things get under different people's skin and like there, there's some things that people say that i'm like god oh, this guy's an idiot but like for example tom half the stuff he says i'm like this guy's an idiot what's he talking about but i know in my heart that he doesn't feel these things or think these things he's just trolling with them so it doesn't really annoy me that being said i think i voted him third well yeah and we don't really know each other so like like i'm pretty sure tom's whole thing is a shtick but maybe it's not but i i think it's hilarious but you know so the the things that annoy will be different for everyone and i think it's awesome that uh drew is on the list and i didn't vote for him which is even more incredible neither did i I'm glad other people see what I see, though. So we got Billy, Caleb, Giuseppe, and Drew. Why do you think they ended up in the in, as finalists? Billy for his boisterousness and crudeness. Uh, Caleb with his lack of availability. Parchment is for hot. Giuseppe for his stubbornness and horrible trade offers. And I... Drew just can get under your skin. It's really easy for him to do that. So, 
See, for me, Billy's is that every time I go on RSO and see his picture that he has up, and it's literally the 14 guys standing behind the girl that just <laughs> blows me away. <laughs> even allowed that they, they didn't pan that out somehow. Uh, the other two, Josh and Caleb, definitely the same. For me, it's the same thing. It's the limited availability to talk in the group mate. And Drew, I Drew doesn't bother me yet. His sweatiness playing basketball the one time did, but that's because I had to guard him all night. But other than that, I I didn't vote for Drew in this category. I put Billy number one, so that's going to be my uh, vote here for sure. Well, to be fair to Drew and all these guys, the vote was pretty spread out. That's why we had four finalists, and it made it easier for uh, guys to sneak into the category of finalists. So, um, without further ado, your 2020 Mr. Obnoxious, perhaps the most coveted award in the league, is none other than the old noodler himself, Billy Dyer. He did finish first in this category. So congratulations, Billy. He received 13 total points. Four first place votes. Um, Caleb, let's see. Nope. Giuseppe was second with 12 points, so just one point behind. He got two two first place votes. Um, Caleb got eight points, received no first place votes, but four seconds. And uh, Drew, one point behind him in fourth with seven. He got only one first place vote. Um, and then... There were some other guys spread around the league that got three or four points each. Uh, Tyler, you got three points. Tom, I know you want to know this. He got five points. Uh, Joe got three points. Anything else interesting? Uh, Who all got first place votes? Chase got a first place vote. Tom got a first place vote. Tyler got a first place vote. Man, who hates me? So. It was Tom. It's your literalness. It's definitely Tom. Tom and Tyler, brewing rivalry. I was saying, I might have to change mine. I need to find somebody else. There's already one set. <laughs> so good job, everyone. Can uh, Hopefully the race for this next year is more uh, thought about all year and really everyone gives it their best. Earn it. Okay, well, here comes the big one, manager of the year. Um, your finalists were Casey Kehoe, who points for champion, right? Correct. Uh, I think Riley had more points. He might have. Might have well, Casey was in first place all year. He's been kind of limping home, but he had definitely had a great draft and had a good year. Riley was a finalist. He's created what looks to be, I don't want to say super team, but it's very strong. And then uh, your last finalist is Tyler. So congratulations, Kamish. Yeah, yeah. Riley edged him out by 12 points on the points four. Wow, that that ended up being pretty close. That's less than a point a week. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. And I bet Riley's, like, Riley versus Casey the last, like, six weeks is probably not real close. Oh, just kidding. 22. That's a... Uh, I, 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 I brag about my math, and there you go. How about that? Gotta carry the one. I didn't have my co-op with me. So... I really think Casey uh, deserves a lot of credit. All these guys do, but for Casey, like the, his startup draft, great. His trades snagging Devontae Adams, amazing. He's really managed it well. 
and he's not in trouble. Like he's set yeah, up. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like if you look at the teams, like like Riley's gonna have some problems with the cap and with like picks and everything. He's obviously all in, right? He's gonna go for it first year, just like right. he said he was, and the future can just come when it. He'll deal with that later. But Casey is in a good cap situation next year. He has two first round picks. He is and like his impact players are long term. So he's really set up to succeed not just this year but in the future. So it's really impressive. I agree. Yeah, my votes went uh Casey then Riley then Tyler on this. So I feel pretty good that uh everyone landed about the same way. He nailed it. Yeah, Riley um, Riley uh, obviously has built kind of a behemoth through trades and working working midseason. I don't know. I don't remember him having like an awesome startup draft. He obviously did a pretty good baseline for himself, but he's just built a roster that looks hard to beat. Well, he had um, CMC and Henry, right? Yeah, he really. Yeah, he and really he's got Christian McCaffrey hurt. He has Mike Davis, so that helps. But like, right. imagine yeah, facing off against Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, now Darren Waller. He's he got he picked up Herbert. That's that's a heck of a move. Like he's been killing it, and yeah. it shows. He's got a sixty-one point lead in the uh, semifinal. So I voted Casey first, but I think uh, Riley will take this. So okay. yeah, I mean rightfully so. I mean, like you just said, I agree. And then Tyler was your other finalist. Uh, who had a good record all year, but honestly, I don't really like. What did you do, Tyler? I, I can't really remember like how your season has gone. So I had I was I had Stafford, Minshew, and uh, Burrow as my quarterbacks all year. So they weren't like big names or anything, but a lot of pass attempts. And uh, I had pretty good receivers: Ridley, Thielen. Uh, ODB, Deontay Johnson, and I have somebody else too. What's your uh, What's your cap space like? Like Riley's obviously kind of mortgaged his future. We talked about Casey. What's your, What's your long term outlook? I should be all right. Tyler's at about twenty million, nineteen million roughly. Is what I got. What you're saying right now? Right now, yeah. About. Next year, I'll have like forty million to mess with. Okay. I've I got, got a spreadsheet out, and, so. and you got all your picks. I got well. I don't have all of mine, but I have a first rounder. I've got Billy's second, which will be really valuable. I, th- I think I'll have three picks in the top, like twenty. Nice. There's definitely some cap space hurting on some teams, though. That is for sure. Yes. Like right now, like, like you said, Riley might won't even be able to pay draft picks. This so. uh, this off season is going to be a scramble. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah, the uh, like the river rats of the world are gonna have some leverage on some teams if they because they have so much money to eat up stuff. That's why I begged them to trade with me. I was like, "You're doing nothing." I said, "You've got to do something." Like you're just sitting here and you have eight, like forty. I don't know what it was. It was less. It was like fifty million dollars, and I was like, "You're like you've got a lot of money, but you've got too much money." Like yeah. there's yeah. there's a time well, and place to have that much money. And, and think, like honestly, the market needs that money to go into it to make other things work absolutely so all right here comes the big reveal your 2020 and nope not nffl that's not this league scrap that edit your 2020 
Cones of Dinshire, Manager of the Year. Congratulations. Not only on this ward, but also on nice piece of pipe, Riley Cummins. There it is. Congrats. That's deserved. That's well-deserved. Both of those two deserved it. I didn't deserve it, but I appreciate the mention. And in my opinion, probably the best league name there is. I agree. I think so, at least in my opinion. He's crushed it. He called his shot, too, said he was going to win the first year. That's impressive. Riley received. Goes away for the next, what is it? He promised six, seven years. He has to for a couple because he won't get to point to do anything else. So Riley received uh, 23 total points. He wow. got six first place votes. He, I'm not gonna lie. So some of you guys might want to check into like voter fraud or something because he really Bidened it, and like the last three or four ballots were very heavy Riley, and he pulled a real comeback on Casey. So Casey, call up, Casey, uh, I don't know, call up uh, Giuliani or something. You might want to <laughs> look into that. Gotta stop the steal off the count. Yeah. So Casey. Five points behind was 17, got three first place votes. Um, and then Tyler at 13 points, 10 off the lead, got two first place votes. Only other player to receive a first place vote was Robbie. Um, and then no one else had more than four total points. So, Can, May I ask who voted for Robbie? Just curious. Who voted for who? Who voted for Robbie? Was that Frank? Uh, I could probably find it, but it would take a minute. So I'll kind of scramble in the background and we'll circle back on that. I've got time. I'm, just, I, I, I'm not that opposed to it, but it's a little bit of a stretch. I feel like. <laughs> Who did you think it was? I think it's Frank. <laughs> do, 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 do. Scrolling Frank Masato. That's just a little odd to me. <laughs> That is correct. It was Frank. <laughs> There's a little alliance there. I like it. Congratulations to our winners. Manager of the year, Riley Cummins. Uh, just a great dude. He deserves it. I'm sure that won't trigger Billy at all since they're best friends in this league. Um, Billy takes home his own award as a trade king. Most fun haver. Also Mr. Obnoxious, so he's really doing a lot of work. And then uh, putts of the year, Caleb. So... Get get better, I guess. I don't know. Get better. Cummins family taking home. Cummins and the Dyers taking home all the awards. Uh, here's a not so fun note. The only person not to appear on any ballot in any award for any category was myself. Well, it's Moody. There it is. Congratulations. <laughs> not great. Not great, hey, Mr. Bob. Mr. Olin's an award. I should probably, I should probably do more stuff. Average. Anything else you guys want to know about the voting or anything interesting? I am interested in who voted me first because the manager. Yes. Ah uh, boy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe was one of them. What? Wow, what a friend. That is shocking. I think he probably made me vote me first for obnoxious, so he felt bad and voted me first for manager also. I don't know if I'm supposed to be uh, divulging this. It might be. I, I don't think that. the Heisman divulges the votes, so. So it makes this lose. You actually lose your vote if you give it out yourself, they say. That's what they say. These are all allegedly. Yeah, so we're good. Fun fact. Uh, the reason I like doing this Heisman style 
just a little bit about me. I was on uh, Baker Mayfield's Heisman campaign a couple years, so. Sweet. Yeah. You were also uh, the University of Oklahoma's All-American and All-Big 12 voter a couple years. That's right. Yep, I we did. Voted, uh, we voted Zane Gonzalez as the kicker. <laughs> yeah. Kicker. Yeah, so, so one year I got to fill out uh, – I guess that was Bob Stoops's last year. I got to fill out his all big 12 voting card. <laughs> and, uh, so I just got on our group chat and we farmed it out and Billy, Joe, Tyler, and I, uh, sort of group thinked it. It was very fun. It was We're like, who's a good, who's a good safety. Cause we can't put any, any OU defensive players on there. We're like looking up stats. A good time was had by all one note for the voting. Uh, we only received 12 ballots, so I won't, I guess I won't call people out, but like Mr. Obnoxious could have, that could have changed big time oh, yeah. a couple more ballots. That was really close. And if Casey had gotten both of those first place votes, he could have tied Riley unless Riley appeared on those ballots. So, you know, things could change. I am curious who voted me first in Trade King. I assuming it was Chase Whiskey, Oklahoma River Rats, but... I would be curious if you could find it. Let me find Chase's. Since we're tuning on horns, he seems like the fact to vote me first. P.S. Asking 14 guys to send you ballots on GroupMe is a good way to never be able to find a group ever again. <laughs> ever again? That's fair. Connor just, did not appear on any of Chase's ballots. So. That should be my rival. Oh, no, 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 sorry. I was on the wrong one. Okay. He did vote you for Trade King. Sorry. Number one? Number one. Yeah, I knew it. He's such a kiss-ass. I love him to death. <laughs> That's about right. And I voted him for Puts of the Year, so it's pretty <laughs> It's pretty easy to turn out a straight. <laughs> you each get one vote. Well, I hope we can find cool things to incentivize these next year, whether it's, you know, financial or otherwise make it a little more fun if you have suggestions for more awards or different awards definitely bring that to the off-season uh, discussions and uh, with that let's move over to some playoff talk we are in the semi-finals round so as it sits now riley and casey playing each other which kind of is an unfortunate draw for both of them but riley's up 61 to nothing so that doesn't feel great he's projected to win by about 30 Tyler is playing the bird drones and is a heavy underdog, like 44 points. The drones are favored. Um, But Riley kind of feels like a team of destiny here. What do you guys think? I don't know. I really like Tyler's matchup of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton versus Patrick Mahomes and Gardner Minshew versus Lamar Jackson. I don't know. It's uh, pretty reassuring on paper. I've got five QBs to choose from, and none of the five are as good as anybody else's starting quarterback left. So it's uh, They're all so bad. It's not the, not the best spot to be in. You've got Colt McCoy, a booger eater. Oh, my God, they're so bad. Anybody else think that uh, Chris Streveler is rostered in any other leagues? Yikes. Yeah. I do think, uh, I do think Riley will... Uh, Go forth and probably take home the whole thing, though. If he can, uh, I mean, small sample and all that, but Fair. he looks like a heavy favorite. Yeah. Yeah, this team's good. This team is good. Let's see he's on a tear. I well, mean, 
Hopkins is Van Hopkins, Tyler Boyd. I mean, and there's still a chance that CMC could play next week, right? Correct. Yes. Correct. He was close to playing this week. They said right. And you've got golf against the Jets. Like, come on, that's 25 points. Yeah, he's he's really. I guess his, his weakness is flex. He didn't need it, but he need. I mean, the matchup's there. Yeah, I mean Logan Thomas. I mean, Who's his, he might throw a touchdown. I don't know. Who's his uh, bench? What are those other options there? He has. Uh, he's got Julio injured right now, so that's kind of hurting him. Oh, that's, that's right. True. So not starting Mike Williams was a good call, though. That didn't pan out. So that was good. Other than that, though, he does his depth. I mean, isn't ridiculous. He's got. Um, you don't need depth anymore, though. That's true. Uh, Giovanni's not supposed to play, is he? Yeah, he's playing. Oh, I guess he, he is, but Mixon is too. Right. Oh, Mixon's playing. I think so. I heard he was supposed to be back last week. I needed him to draft me. But it is against Pittsburgh, so I don't know how much ground game there will be. Uh, never mind. One day ago, SB Nation, Bengals versus Steelers injury report, Joe Mixon not coming off IR. Oh, there you go. So he could start Bernard against the Steelers but if he wanted to sit Logan Thomas. Instead of Logan Thomas. Right. But that's the spot normally for Julio. Right. Unless he's sitting Boyd or Claypool, which is that's a good team. That is a good. Team. Okay, so what what odds do you give Riley and Tom this week, and then what odds do you give those two in the championship matchup? I'm gonna say Riley wins that matchup. He's probably like eighty-five fifteen after that first start. After the start. Okay, I was gonna say eighty twenty. So. Yeah. Before that game, it was probably like 65, 60, 40. Yeah. Give or take. But after the putting up yeah. thirty at tight end is a, that's a that's a tall right. order yeah. for uh, Casey. I mean, he had the best two guys in the game besides Hunter Henry. But I mean, if you would have added Hunter Henry, that is. But those two guys were the guys to have, and to have them both rostered is it's nice. Bird drones. Wow. Nobody's played in this matchup, but. Tyler's only projected to score 120, so, and I mean, just these quarterbacks alone. Allen Robinson's hot. Uh, Travis Kelsey, that's he leads the league in receiving, so that doesn't suck. Jarvis has been pretty hot, honestly. I'm gonna. I, Cole Beasley's been seeing a ton of targets. He's normal, Cole Beasley. Our receivers are better than his. I would say like Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I would agree. Seventy-five, twenty-five for Tom. Yeah, it's it's at least seventy thirty. I'll go seventy thirty. Yeah, I would. There, it's more likely I think than than Riley's to flip. Yeah, but not not Still super likely. Not great. not great. Yeah, not great. And then assuming you get a Tom versus Riley matchup, what what do you think? Like sixty-five, <laughs> seventy for Riley. Sixty forty, Riley. Who do they? Uh, it'll depend who the Chiefs play because all of Tom's players are on the Chiefs. So, Chiefs well, week sixteen. Gotta have a better matchup than the Saints. Oh right? God, they play the Falcons. Oh, Tom's in. Uh, I'll call. I'll, call, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> drop it down a little bit. <laughs> That's gonna be a big old score. Yikes! So good I mean, luck with that. We're gonna get a Sammy Watkins sighting in that game. Well, he's got Hardman. He's got Watkins. <laughs> he's got them all. Hell, it might start Le'Veon. Ouchie. Uh, <laughs> so let's say maybe I'll drop it down to 60-40. Yeah, that's fair. 
Okay, well, we've hit the uh, we've hit the over on the hour mark. You guys got anything else? I do I, not. I think uh, we covered everything we needed to cover. Congratulations to the award winners. Yep. Congratulations, Congratulations to you guys. Good luck. Good luck to you, Tyler, as you yeah. navigate your playoff matchup. Good luck to everybody. I hope uh, everyone has a favorite they're rooting for. And uh, I hope, you know what? I hope Casey loses by 0.25 points. That's what I hope. We <laughs> <laughs> need a late Amari Cooper touchdown to beat him. Or Logan Thomas. No, Logan Thomas. Brutal. You might have just unjinxed it. Minka Fitzpatrick interception on Monday night to seal the deal. <laughs> that would be a heartbreaker. You heard it here first, folks. Minka Fitzpatrick. That would be brutal. That would be. It's pretty good, though. All right. Well, we will have another, at least one more pod. Probably do some off-season ones, too, because we got more people to interview. But we'll do at least one more pod with the champion. So be sure to look for that. Tune in. Everybody have a great and merry holiday Christmas. If if we don't see you before then, guys. Guys, thanks for jumping on. Great pod. Appreciate it. Happy holidays, everyone. See ya. See ya. Bye.